All right. Welcome, 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 everyone. This is episode nine of the Government Coins podcast. I am your host, Shakia Kegler. And y'all, I am really excited about this episode because I feel like this is a conversation that really needs to be had. You see so many people saying, get certified, get certified. Government agencies pushing you to get their certifications. Corporate companies pushing you to get their certification. And you're pulling in so many different directions. So the question becomes, now that I'm certified, like, what do I do with this certification? And there's actually a company that can help you identify how to, or not even identify, they can help you pinpoint how, exactly how to leverage your certification to go after contracting opportunities and work with corporate companies. And I'm so excited to have Liz here with us today. Uh, Liz is one of the founders of Certify My Biz and Diversity uh, Mastermind. And y'all, we are going to get into it today. Liz, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Shakia. How are you? How have things been? You know, things have been really good. Um, Things have been great. I've actually had an opportunity to, I'm working on some new things, which I'm not talking about yet, but that's always really exciting. Okay, Um, exciting. (laughs) Yeah, but looking forward to getting into our conversation because this is one of my favorite things to talk about. Of course. So how about we just start with letting you introduce yourself. Tell the people about yourself, how you got into this space and, you know, to let them know where you're located, all that good stuff. We're family around (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm in Silver, Silver Spring, Maryland, right outside of DC. And um, as you mentioned, my company is Diversity Masterminds. I'm a co-mastermind there. And it's a business development consultancy that helps diverse business owners leverage their certifications to grow their businesses. And I've been in this space for over 20 years. Um, I started out helping people through the certification process, the private sector certification process, WeBank, um, and then worked internationally, certifying women outside the US. And what I realized was that people really need more handholding. They need more help in how to actually leverage these things. I've seen it work really well for people and I've seen other people just spin their wheels. And so I actually started my own company, which is called 12.5. Um, and then... And that's a one-on-one consultancy. But then I met up with Heather and Heather was really looking for, she's like, do you know of a class, like a course where people can take, you know, go through step-by-step and learn about their certifications. And I was like, I don't know of anything like that. So (laughs) Heather and I got together and we created it. Um, And, and that's what diversity masterminds does. They bring you step-by-step. We bring you step-by-step into how to leverage your certification to, you know, not only make connections, but turn those connections into big clients and big contracts. Wow. So can you tell us about your, your, uh, your other business 12.5? Yes. So 12.5 is my one-on-one consultancy. So it's a boutique consultancy for people who probably the people who've gone through diversity masterminds are like, okay, now that I know what I want to do, what I have to do, but I don't want to do it. Mm, got it. <laughs> okay. It myself. So that's where I'm like an extension of someone's business development program. Um, wow. So yeah. they, do y'all hear this? Like, <laughs> do y'all hear this? Is, is basically a do it for you, done for you. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Okay. See, have that Heather didn't tell me about that one. Liz, you didn't yeah. tell me about that one now. Like yeah. that's the, I love that one. Um, 
So I love the fact that you and Heather have actually partnered as well. So I know in our conversation, uh, just talking about the work that you both were doing, the synergies were definitely there. And then of course, with the work that we're doing, just sharing the content and sharing the information about how to leverage that that certification helps. But I also want to talk about the different types of certifications. And we know there are so many different types, the federal, state. Can we go through how do you determine which certification to go after for your business like based off of the different types and the areas of the certification? It's, it's a great question. And I know that your space is really government contracting. And I think, you know, I'm right outside of DC. When I tell people what I do, that I help diverse businesses um, leverage their certifications, they immediately think like, oh, no. federal, federal contracting, government contracting. And that is true. That is a, a great space. Uh, but what people don't realize is that major Fortune 500 companies, your mm -hmm. Apples, your Googles, your Exxon Mobiles, your IBMs have similar programs to help diverse companies su succeed in their supply chains. And so I think the first thing that someone has to do when they're thinking about what which certification is right for me is look at your target corporate clients. Um, look at your past performance. One, are you already doing business in the private sector or the government sector? Because that'll tell you which way you need to go. Um, but then where are the opportunities? If the opportunities are in the private sector, then you want to look at the certifications that are widely recognized and widely used by those companies. So that would be WeBank, which is the Women's Business Enterprise National Council, NMSDC, which is for people of color, the National Minority Supplier Development Council. And then there's also NGLCC, the Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce, Disability Inn, and the veteran-owned business certification. So, you, you know, you might be looking, you might not think of yourself as a diverse business, right? Where there might be companies out there where they're like, oh, I don't meet any of those qualifications. But I would say, look at those different communities. Are you a member of those communities? And one of the best kept secrets, I'm sure Heather talked about it when she was here, is uh, the disability in certification. Because, you know, people with disabilities, that's one category that, all of us are probably going to go into at some point. <laughs> we'll be, you know, maybe we'll be in and out of them, but that's one that can change. So looking at that list of what the ADA considers a disability, you might think, oh, I do fall into this category. There is something I manage every day that, um, that does affect my ability to own a business. So um, first thing, look at your, uh, you know, target clients and see, am I going state, federal, um, you know, Am I going to the private sector? And then look at which of these communities do you belong to that can help you access those opportunities? Got it. Okay, so first thing is identifying which area if we want to do um, private sector or public sector. Yeah. Now, what if I'm in the private sector? What if I'm in the public sector and I, I want to transition? What if I'm doing business with government agencies or I won my first contract and now I'm like, oh, I'm ready. I'm ready for Google. I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, how, how does that process necessarily transition? Can I still use my same certification that I have with this? Okay. It's a great, it's a really good question. And there's a lot of nuances to it. This is, but this is like my favorite, this is my favorite to talk to because one, if you're already in the government sector, you won that big contract, you have past performance, right? You are now, you have traction, you have something to show 
future clients, whether they're government or private sector, that this is what I'm capable of. So you're in a good, you're in good shape. Um, the second thing is, in terms of the certifications, it depends, right? Like that's everybody's favorite answer to these kind of questions. It depends. Right. Now, Google does work with the federal government, right? So they have to, they yes. have to say, who are they doing business with? So they might accept a woman-owned small business certification. They might accept your 8A certification or even just being a small business, uh, you know, on its own to report that to the federal government. And so if you already, if you're already doing business with Google or you're already doing business with like one of Google's primes, then you might be able to use, yes, I'm going to use my federal um, government certification. But if you want to pursue those companies, if you want to make contacts with them, I would recommend the private sector certifications because you're going to be able to meet other people. Oftentimes there's like a federal side and a private sector side. Mm -hmm. You'll be able to make additional contacts um, that you wouldn't necessarily be able to meet just at the federal, you know, GovCon kind of summits. Got it. Okay. Okay. And then when we talk about different uh, ways to leverage our certifications, and I feel like this is going to be like the bulk of our conversation. Like, how do I, as a small business, leverage my certification, um, whether it's with government agencies or corporates? So the first thing in terms of leveraging your certification is, again, getting to know that target market. So you've decided federal or corporate, right? Okay. Let's say you've decided on the corporate sector, then what you, as a small business owner, I assume, I assume most people here are small and that doesn't mean like tiny, tiny revenues. It just means you're small according to the federal government. Um, but you know, if you have five, 10, 20 employees, you know, you don't have a whole lot of time. You don't have what the big guys have in terms of a business development team and being able to work your leads and being able to look at a list of a thousand companies and really make the most of it. So the first thing is to narrow it down. Where can you offer the most value? Where are your corporate clients going to say, I need you. I need this company yesterday. Um, and, and really work on those. One of the things I like to say a lot is go narrow to go broad, really pinpoint okay. it and be specific because one, then people will remember you, right? Mm -hmm. You meet them and they're like, oh, you're the person that does this. I know what you do and I know when to fit you into my supply chain. And then two, when you go narrow, you can actually maximize your time and resources on the companies that are most likely to do business with you. Um, it can seem counterintuitive to people where they're like, well, I can, do, I can do that. I can do this. I can do that. I can do everything. And really your message and your value really gets lost in, mm -hmm. in all that noise. So especially at the beginning, if, if you ha have one contract and then you're diversifying into the private sector, really focus, focus, focus in on your value proposition. Okay. Okay. So focusing on our value prop and then what, how do we reach out to prime or corporate companies? Yeah. So this, I mean, this could be like a master class in itself. Like, um, so you all are getting, you're, you're getting like the top, the top tips from diversity masterminds. So reaching out to corporations, one of the benefits of the private sector certifications is when you get certified, 
you get access to a directory of, of corporations that are looking for companies like you. Mm. So um, one of my tips is that that directory at any given time is only ever about 60% accurate. <laughs> so it's, but it's a great starting point, right? It's going to tell you the corporations that not only say they recognize the certification, but they're paying money. They have a membership, they have skin in the game. Um, and then when you get that list, so you're looking at the companies, you've narrowed, you've already narrowed down your list of companies, right? You're not going to look at all 800 because we already talked about that. So you've narrowed down your list of companies. You're going to go say, okay, these are the supplier diversity people at these companies. I'm going to look at what is it they buy? Where are they going? Are they going to be at this next event? Let me check on LinkedIn to make sure they're still at that company because that's key. People move around all the time. And, when, and in the course of doing that research, you're going to, um, you know, you're going to see, okay, should I send them an email with my capability statement to follow up? I should probably register in their portal if they have one, just mostly so when they say, did you register in my portal? You can say yes. Um, and, and really, because that's always the first question. Did you register? Exactly. And I mean, I don't know, what's your, what is your thought on like registering in the portals? Like, what do you tell people about that? I just say do it because they're going to ask, but for the most part, you still have to do the outreach, but yeah. I mean, that's exactly what I say, which is like, <laughs> you want to say yes. If, if someone's asking you a question, right? Like someone that you want to do business with, ask you a question, you want the answer and you know what it's going to be. Yeah. You want the answer to be yes. So just say yes, and then you can move on to the next thing. I can see that one. Definitely has been like one of the topics that we've talked about um, in terms of doing the due, due diligence and the necessary steps beforehand. So making sure, you know, when you go to these agencies, it's not, I want to do this, but I don't know where to start. Like, no, you got to do the work ahead of time. So that way, when you get to them, you are showing, okay, I'm putting in some work. Are you putting in the work, right? So they don't want to turn you away if you're actually putting in some of the work. Uh, they don't get paid to hold your hand. They get paid to do their job. I just right. want to put that out there. Um, that's why you have to hire outside consultants to do the, the hand. Exactly. Yes, yeah, don't um, ask them those questions. Don't ask them, how can I help you? Like, ask me that question. Exactly. And then, and then we can get we'll you. We'll go there. Um, so another question is, now, when we talk about finding contracting opportunities, um, it, I, I guess we'll, we'll focus primarily on the corporates this, uh, for this episode, but let's say we want to find opportunities. Is there like Sam.gov for corporations, right? How do, how do you find opportunities within corporations? This, I think, is one of the biggest differences between the federal, doing business with the federal government and doing business with the private sector. So I'll start with the cons, which is the cons is there's not a Sam deck up. There's not mm -hmm. like, here's all the RFPs going out to companies like yours and the forecasting by quarter and, you know, the budget and all of that and who won before. Um, there's, there's not that information. Um, so it's not as straightforward. On the flip side, when I was, one of the things I would say on the corporate side is that finding out that information is very relationship driven and you build that relationship over time, but there's not the same process. Like at the same time, the corporations don't have to jump through the same hoops. Mm -hmm. um, 
to make the contracting happen. So in some ways it can be a little more straightforward once you've made those connections, right? There doesn't have to be, you know, if you're talking about like, is this a sole source contract or, you know, do, am I going to have to compete? The corporations are going to be able to tell you that information and it's, it's, you're not going to be, you know, thrown into a, a, a challenge, you know, like, oh, we won the contract, but now it's being challenged because mm -hmm. they didn't go through the right protocols. Um, but that said, you know, some people, when I say it's relationship driven, they're like, well, that's great news. And some people yeah. are like, well, that's the worst news. That makes yeah. it so much harder. So um, you really find out by building relationships. And, you know, once you've narrowed your corporate targets, you've developed that value proposition, then you're in a good place to be at top of mind when there is an opportunity. Got it. Okay. And for us, another question would be, how do you do market research to like, find this stuff out? How do I know who my targets are? How do I know, you know, what they're buying? So I just had, um, it's a really good question. I just had this conversation <laughs> with someone else about one, are you targeting the company or are you targeting the person, right? Mm -hmm. When you're looking at who your leads are, is it, you know, Coca-Cola or the person who works at Coca-Cola? And the mm -hmm. answer is kind of both, right? Because you are solving a problem for Coca-Cola. You are doing something that is going to benefit Coca-Cola's bottom line, right? Like that's what your service is. We're in business and that's what we're out to do. At the same time, in order to get the opportunity to do that, you have to build a relationship with the person. So in terms of the person, um, I think, and this is really, you know, basic information, but LinkedIn is a great place to start. Mm. You know, like it's the, it's the business social media and, um, you know, people are on it. You can find out what companies they're with, where, how long they've been there and very, and for people who do post on it, for people who are active on it, again, you can find out, are they going to this conference? Did they just win an award? Um, mm -hmm. it, it, did they get promoted? Did they move to a new company? It really helps you keep tabs on those people for the companies I would say starting with annual reports and then again, because you don't have like a list of a thousand people setting up Google alerts for the companies. So when there's something that that comes up that, hey, I can solve this problem like, oh, they're having supply chain issues with this thing. I can help with that, that you know that right away and you can respond in a timely manner um, to your contact who you've built a relationship with and you can and you can do it that way. So those are just like some of the free ways that you can do the market research with, you know, again, as a small business owner that doesn't have like a whole research and development team to, to put on this. Got it. Okay. So I'll say you, you mentioned that you don't want to have a thousand yeah. companies, right? How many would you suggest starting out with initially? So I tell people five to seven, and that usually results in 10. <laughs> they usually pick 10. So I would say five to seven, because again, it's you're developing relationships with these people. How many, you know, how many new friends that have you have meaningful connections with did you make in the last year? Right? Mm -hmm. Probably not 20. Yeah. But maybe one or two or three. So with the concerted effort, I think between five and seven people, you can have a meaningful, authentic relationship with them such that they think of you when there's opportunities. 
Mm, that's a good point. So that they think of you when opportunities are arising. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that's another conversation too, because um, I attended the Tuck Business School program for diverse businesses. And one of our speakers, they spoke about this whole phase of like a black hole. And that's after you get registered in the portal, you've built the relationship. Now it's kind of that period of where you're waiting for a response. How do you constantly engage with your, your uh, connection? What, what are you doing to constantly engage with your connections? Um, Shakia, this is such a good question. And you're touching on one of the things that I am working on, which is like how to address this issue, right? Mm-hmm. I think this is one of the biggest problems that my clients face that people in supplier diversity face, which is they go to a conference, they have a matchmaker meeting, it goes really well, there's an opportunity there, and then they hear nothing. Crickets. <laughs> nothing is more um, demoralizing. And it may, and then people are like, well, is my certification really work, worth it? Does this company really care? And so on both ends, it's, it's a big problem. Um, so the first thing I would do is just adjust your mindset, um, which is that this is a really long game. It's sales cycles are long, but that also means the rewards are bigger, right? They're, they're big contracts, but with big companies, but that also means a lot of moving parts. So it's going to take a while. So you need to adjust your mindset. The second thing is, um, I talked to a business owner who's been really successful at this, you know, worked with a lot of the big companies. And she said, a lot of people think that, you know, they hear that whole marketing adage, like seven times, if you reach out, if someone sees your name seven times, then they'll they'll buy. She's like, what I found is in this space, it's more like 30 touch points. Oh my gosh. So (laughs) that's a lot. That's a lot. And it's not 30 all at once. Like you can't no, for sure, for sure, twice but... a day for two weeks. So oh. you have to space those out and you have to maintain your energy and your, your organization to be able to do that. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think you um, put in the aspect of like relationships, right? Imagine you having to reach out to like this guy you want to date 30 times. Ah, <laughs> Most people give up. Most people give up after one or two times. So yeah, um, you know that's a good point. I thirty. I didn't know it was thirty for sure. That's the yes. same. Well, I mean, maybe you can get lucky and it's like twelve times. Mm-hmm. But I think the idea is all right. Well, how am I going to find? And again, this is over. I'm talking about over maybe years, over, of course, right. multiple like, years. Yeah, like this isn't thirty times in the next three months. Um, no. So how am I going to sustain that energy? And I think one, having a reason to reach out, look for Mm -hmm. reasons to reach out. That's something that LinkedIn can Mm -hmm. give you. That's something that the Google alerts can give you is, okay, is there, do I have a meaningful reason to reach out? Do you have a new service offering? Did you hire new key staff? Is there a merger acquisition? What is relevant to them that gives you a reason to reach out? Um, and then keeping track of those things so you know what's working, what's not, and also when to move on. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's been two years since that great meeting and you haven't heard anything, then maybe it's time to, that, maybe that's good. Maybe that's good news, right? Like you can get that person off your list, <laughs> put another person on. Yeah. 
I think that's a good point. I I was definitely taken aback by that third. But <laughs> I will say that I, I know people who have said the same exact thing um, in terms of the amount of touch points that they've had to have. And then also um, the conferences, you know, constantly showing up to the conferences, constantly being that person that they see. So keeping in mind, like this can become it can get expensive mm -hmm. trying to stay in front of people or marketing, right? I'm so how do, how do you access, and I think those bigger ones, how do you access opportunities that are smaller dollars? Um, like micro, in, in the government, we call them micro purchases, right? Yep. How would you act, uh, access some of those in a corporate area? So in the corporate area, there's a couple of things. Sometimes you're absolutely right. Like they have a lot of discretionary funding where they, it doesn't have to go through a whole approval process and they have a little more control over that. So um, some of that is to look at, you really have to look at who you're targeting. So um, Heather and I, for example, we sell diversity masterminds to supplier diversity programs. So we're talking to supplier diversity and they're the people who can make kind of the yay or nay decision. Um, and so knowing who your target is and talking to those people and knowing also that you're within their price point for mm -hmm. those kind of purchases. I think for people in services, um, to the extent that you can commoditize what you have. And what I mean by that is make it a product, even if it's, even mm -hmm. if the product is you, selling, you know, you delivering a training or workshop, you uh -huh. doing a speaking engagement. Um, yes, you're a consultant. Yes, you offer services and you want to do these other things. But what I found is when you do something that they can purchase and kind of try out, that introduces you to a bunch of the other, uh, to, to a bunch of people within their companies that can then make a decision to buy longer term. So okay we have a course, right? Like I do one-on-one -on -one consulting. A company is not going to buy like a one-on-one -on -one consultant for their diverse suppliers, but they will buy a training program, uh -huh. right? So how, what, how can you commoditize something? So it's a product, they can take it off the shelf, they can buy it, they can try it, see if they like you. And then that can lead to other things. So I think starting small is a great idea. The other thing is looking at their prime contractors and especially the other diverse business owners. Now, I've, I've said a couple of times, small business owners, because I know that's sort of the nomenclature of, the, of government contracting, mm -hmm. but there's plenty of people in the supplier diversity space or the diverse suppliers that are not small at all. And in fact, have sized out of those size requirements. Yeah, because that's another big difference. The private sector doesn't have that. You don't have it like, oh, once you get to a certain size, then you can't be a diverse business anymore. And, and the private sector supplier diversity size side that doesn't exist. So there's big companies out there that can bring you in on their contracts. Mm, so y'all hear that? People, people can bring you in. And even if they're already uh, in that agency with a contract, you don't necessarily have to be small with them. So there we go. And then we want to hop into another question and just to give us a little bit more information in terms of uh, diversity mastermind. How can you tell us about the program, about the course and how does it work? Yeah, absolutely. So 
One thing that is probably becoming clear is that this can be really overwhelming, especially at first, right? Like you're, you've got to do all this stuff. I've got to get to know the corporate targets. We haven't even talked about like the network, like the broader network beyond just, I'm going to sell to this corporation. You know, how do you gain visibility in the network? So what Diversity Masterminds does is breaks everything you need to do down into eight modules to say, the first thing you need to do is this. And we give you a roadmap and templates so that you have the tools you need to not only know what you need to do, but be able to take action and then move to the next step. So at the end of the Diversity Masterminds course, you have a roadmap, you have your corporate targets, you know who you need to meet and, um, and you're ready to, to hit the ground running. Got you. Okay. And is this a live course or is it um, recorded? We have both. So we have a recorded course um, that people can take on demand when they want to at their own time frame. And then we offer live cohorts twice a year where you can get any questions answered that you didn't um, in an on-demand course. Um, and the beauty of it is if you take the live, the on-demand course, we'll credit that toward the, the cost of the live course. So, mm-hmm. so okay. you have, you already have a credit going in. Oh, okay. Look at that. So this is, that's pretty cool. And how do we figure out how to start, like how to get, how to join a mastermind? How do we join a mastermind? Where do I go? (laughs) Yeah, it's, you go to diversitymasterminds.com. So that's your first step. You can get the on-demand modules right away. It's $547. You can just buy it, take it, and you're good to go. Um, then you will be first on the list. Once you sign up for that, you'll be first on the list to know when the live cohorts are. We'll probably have another one coming up here pretty soon. Um, so, so look out for that. And, um, you know, if you're interested, you can get in touch with us too. Got it. So diversitymasterminds.com. All right. Perfect. Yeah. Listen, this is one of those conversations. Certifications are... It's, it's thrown around a lot. Let's just put it out there. So the question has always been, okay, now that I have it, what's next? And I feel like this conversation helps a lot uh, with thinking about that corporate space because we've been focusing primarily on the government aspect of it. So this could be kind of another avenue we bring into the fold and, and talk a little bit about. But I think this was a really good episode and I feel like people are going to take value uh, from it because a lot of these same steps, tools, is a lot of the same stuff that you would do in the government space. Yeah, marketing is marketing, y'all. I'm gonna tell you that right now. Marketing is marketing, and once you know your audience and you understand how to communicate with them, that's the way to go. That's the way you do it. Um, but thank you so much, Liz. Is there anything else that you want to share? Like anything you want the audience to take away? Well, I. I think definitely check out Diversity Masterminds. Um, I'll also pretty soon uh, be doing a course on um, sustainability and how to, that's another big area that the corporations are interested in and how to market that to um, your new clients. So that'll be coming up pretty soon after this airs. So um, yeah, would love to, would love to chat with anybody that has any questions, even if they don't know if it's the private sector is right for them. Would love to chat with you. Oh, see, you brought that up. Now, before we go, let's, let's ask that question. How do I know if the private sector is right for me? What are some of the 
key identifiers, what key indicators, let's put it that way. I'll say identifiers, indicators. (laughs) Well, you know, you, you mentioned like you have a, a government contract, right? So you already have a government contract. Let's talk about, is that something that the private sector needs? Probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing to think about is those things I mentioned about graduating out of the small business programs. Like mm-hmm. if you're an 8A certified business, you're going to graduate from that program in nine years. So about four or five years in, you know, you want to focus on 8A. If you're 8A, you want to focus on those contracts. It's a really great program to get you going. But about four or five years in, you want to think about, okay, how do I diversify? How do I get clients outside of this 8A? So when I graduate, I still have, um, I still have clients that, that are valuing what I, what I can bring. So I think those are two key things. Like you already have a government contract and you want to diversify, or, you know, you're looking at you know, the time horizon of either you know, growing out of your certification or growing out of the size requirements of your business, then I think private sector is a really good spot for you. Got you. And then just adding, what if I don't have either of those? If you don't have either of those, then the next thing, so we didn't really get into like how like the network works, like (laughs) each, all the certification uh, bodies have like regional affiliates that offer events and programs. I would say the first step is to check it out and see if it's a community where you want to spend time, right? Like, do they have programs that make sense for you? Are there other people in your industry? Because as you mentioned, like Shakia mentioned this earlier, everything is an expense, right? It costs money to go to the conferences. It costs money to travel. Um, And before you do that, check it out and see, okay, is this going to be, is there a there there for me? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you for that. That was the last question. I promise this is it. Like That is it. Uh, again, thank you so much, Liz, for coming. Everyone, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe and share this video. Make sure you share this video with someone who's going to be able to use this and be able to grow their business. So again, thank you all so much for the support. Until next episode, until the next episode, if I can talk, but until the next episode, I will see y'all soon. Any questions you have, drop it in the comments and that is it. All right. Peace.